Yes, everybody, it is me, Matt Wright, coming to you live on a Thursday night from Muddied Water Studios, located in wonderful, beautiful, and fantastic Gulf Coast of Florida. Hope everybody out there is having a fantastic Thursday, and uh, allow me to thank each and every one of you, especially those of you who are in Reno uh, right now or in Sparks, Nevada, uh, because there are many things you could be doing on a Thursday night, and you are choosing, or afternoon, I guess if you're in Nevada, it's like five o'clock, um, and you are choosing to spend this time here with me. Uh, thank you all again so very much. I appreciate each and every one of you, uh, and it's going to be a great show. First and foremost, allow me to thank Don and Sally Wright for giving birth to me, because without them, I wouldn't be here, and for that matter, neither would any of you. Also, allow me to thank Ben. I forgot what name I usually call him. Let me thank Ben for the kava I am drinking on today's episode and to the Narcissist Cookbook for allowing me to use his music at the beginning and at the end of every episode. To all of them and to you, I say, Bula Vanaka. Before we get into, before we get to our guest, uh, allow me to pay off some of the bills that we have by starting off with Mudwater. That wasn't where I was going to start, but that's where we are now. Mudwater. If you are absolutely 100% sick of waking up in the morning and having a hot steaming cup of delicious coffee, and you want something with one seventh of the caffeine that tastes like it got scrubbed off the bottom of a hobo's foot, have I got something for you. 
mud water is the coffee alternative that is made out of masala chai cacao mushrooms turmeric sea salt cinnamon and that is it uh it does actually work and it does taste terrible so add honey to it and it doesn't taste half bad uh you can get one seventh of the caffeine and kick the caffeine cravings today by going to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud the gravy king the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus is the fastest growing and second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. If you want to become a member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is head on over to the Libertarian Party of Waffle House Caucus Facebook page and hit the join button. I think it's a join button. I don't know. Um, join group, uh, whatever. Join it and bam, you're a member. If you want to become a voting member, head on over to the Muddied Waters Media Store at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash store and pick yourself up a Libertarian Party Libertarian Party <laughs> Waffle House Caucus t-shirt and or button. Uh, Joe Soloski. Joe Soloski is running for governor of Pennsylvania. If you live in the Pennsylvania region of these United States and are looking for freedom in your life, vote for Joe Soloski. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. I think that is the quickest and with the least amount of mistakes I've ever made doing the intros. Um, I'm very excited to have my next guest on. He and I have been friends in the social media realm for quite some time. We have not yet been able to meet in person, but, uh, just in the time that we have known each other, we have found out that we share a lot of things in common. Uh, we have a lot of the same likes and dislikes. If we were meeting on Grindr, I'm certain we would both swipe right if that's how Grindr works. Um, but, uh, we are not, we are meeting here on my show face to face for the first time Everybody, please welcome with me the current first vice chair of the LP of New York and is currently running for the chair of the Libertarian Party. Everybody welcome with me, Mr. Tony Durazio. Tony is not here. Tony was here. Tony, hang on a second. Tony is coming in in just a second. Are you, are you, yeah. are you, yeah, I am. sorry, man. I had no idea why I, I, I don't, I went through the intro and then I switched over to this page and I was just like, Tony's not here. It's like, what, 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 he decided to ditch me all of a sudden? Yeah, no, yeah. I was no, like, no, wow. No, no. No. I, I have no, no, God. Oh, Matt, right. Oh, 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 Matt, right. Oh, this Matt. <laughs> After all of the wonderful things I said about you in the intro. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 and I didn't get to hear any of them. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so it, it sucks because, because you know, you know, when I was when I was three years old, um, I, I remember I uh, my mother and my I was living with my mother and father in North Brunswick, New Jersey, because that's where I was back then. And, and I turned to my mother while sitting at my kitchen table, and I said, "Mom, I want to make sure I'm a guest on Matt Wright's uh, podcast, uh, the Writer's Block." <laughs> So it's been a lifelong dream of mine. I, I appreciate that. I absolutely appreciate that. And I am uh, glad that we could finally make that dream come true. Uh, how how you knew that a show that's two and a half years old was going to be around that long ago? That is some forward thinking on your part. And uh, I am honestly <laughs> impressed. So obviously, before being able to come on my show and fulfilling a lifelong dream, 
Uh, is the next greatest thing that ever happened in your life getting Jason Lyons endorsement for the chair of the Libertarian Party? I was, uh, you know, I'm going to get serious for a minute before okay. I make, crack more jokes. Um, but uh, no, I was seriously humbled by that. I, I, I was. I, I really appreciate. I listened to what he had to say about me, and and I appreciated both his honesty about me and and and, and his vote of confidence. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it really meant a lot. So I haven't seen it yet because I was I was at work when he did it. So I signed in, made a couple of comments really quick, and then I had to go back and do my job. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and I was going to listen to it on my way home. And then he texted me as I was walking out the door and he goes, I forgot to upload the episode. Can you do it when you get home? And I just finished doing it right before this started. So I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but I'm looking forward to hearing what nice things he said about you. Um, <laughs> or what mean things he said about you. I don't really know. Um, he, but didn't I just... he didn't say anything. He, he, he okay. talked about our, our interactions and um, you know, I had um, chimed in on a particular issue in the libertarian party he disagreed and uh, we had a conversation about it and he changed my mind on it and, and made me see that my opinion was you know it wasn't the right one and i changed it you know because that's the type of person i am i'm not going to be a lot of people look at their leadership and, and the lnc chair and think oh oh they've got to be perfect every time we're not we're humans you know, those, those of us on these boards, we're humans and we, we're going to make mistakes and we're better off owning our mistakes, correcting them when we can uh, and, and moving on. That's that's kind of how I feel. And that and that's really that is what a lot of people don't seem to think. Everybody thinks that their leaders need to be infallible. You see, it, you know, you see, it especially with the tribalism that you see between the left and the right. Um, mm -hmm. With the Republicans and the Democrats, I'll, I'll even go more to the Republicans and the Democrats because I don't want to get conflated between left libertarians sure. and right libertarians. Um, you'll see it a lot between Republicans and Democrats. Like you'll see a lot of Republicans who won't say that Trump did anything wrong, and you'll see a lot of Democrats who won't say Biden did anything wrong. And when you have a huge chunk of the country that's going, okay, I like it when they did this, but all of this stuff is messed up and they're like no no he had to do that that was it was important even though you know 8.3 percent inflation gas prices at five percent you know the or, or gas prices at record highs when added in for inflation um and it's but they won't they won't admit to him doing anything wrong because they feel they have to do that and you and you see that leaking over into uh the libertarian party in a lot of cases because they because they sit there and People are like, nope, my guy is going to do everything. They're going to do it right, and I don't care. I'm going to back them, back them, back them, and they won't say anything bad about it. And the other side does the exact same thing, and it really makes the Libertarian Party with the different factions that are in it no better than the Democrats and the Republicans. And and, and the reality is, and this is in the this the Democrats and the Republicans are like this too. It's the vocal minority that it tends to be at the uh, contentious yes. edges. Yeah. Uh, you've got so looking at the Libertarian Party, you've got a particular group that thinks that their candidate's the right person and their messaging is the right person. They want to take over the party, which I don't really understand taking over. Um, it, it, we I, don't represent everything you stand for, but we're going to take your whole thing over. So we, you're only everything we represent. Yes. And then you've got a vocal group on the other side who says, oh, you guys are terrible and you should all be expelled from the party. And then most of us are in the middle, and we just want to see the work of 
you know, world set free in our lifetime to get done. And that's kind of the group I represent. Right. And that, and that's the group that, that's the group that the vast majority of people in the Libertarian Party are a part of. And I am not a member of the Libertarian Party. Uh, I might, I don't think I am. I'm not even 100% sure anymore. I've been in and out so many times. Um, and a lot of it's because of that, because you get all of these factions fighting. And I see how it was a hindrance to achieving that. And I found out that me personally... Uh, I can spread liberty in my own ways and get us closer to a world set free in our lifetimes without having to worry about fighting against this caucus or this group or whatever. And it was just easier to do it this way for me. Um, I understand it's not for which, everybody, but. No, which, which, by the way, I applaud. I think it's better to have more organizations and more groups fighting for liberty. Uh, we can all work together, even, even if we're not a member of the same team. Exactly. We can still together we can all fight against uh, against a world set free in our lifetime i love that phrase i keep using it i'm going to keep using it. it's a, it is a fantastic phrase now before we start getting into a little bit more about the lp and uh what's going on in sparks nevada um because you know it's not really reno no no it's not reno it's sparks the sign it's clearly labeled sparks. yeah um sparks. so this is not your first time on muddied waters media it's not. No. You were on the only episode of Libertarian Jeopardy. Yes, I was. Yes, you were. And I believe I knocked you out of the first round, which is funny because some time ago, you were sitting there with Mr. <sighs> Regis Philbin. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. We're going to have great uh, on Millionaire. Yeah, so, so that picture you just showed, what is kind of hilarious is that you see Regis's mouth moving. He is saying the F word. Is he really? <laughs> yes. He's cursing. Is he cursing at you? Uh, he's cursing about um, he's cursing about the show. So, uh, so that taping happened during uh, Kathy Lee's last week on the other show. So he wasn't the center of attention. And he was in a cranky mood. And he was cursing at the producers all day long. But right there, we were sitting at the end of the show, and he's he's leaning over to me and saying, "You don't have to worry about all the, you know." And a couple of a uh, couple of curse words that I don't know if I'm allowed to say on the show, <laughs> and probably shouldn't because it's unbecoming to a chair to say the f word. But um, yeah, he he used a couple of choice words to call all the uh, struggle tickets to the hot seat. All right. Yeah, I was on. Yeah, I was actually on two episodes of that show. Because I was the carryover contestant. Oh, you're the carryover guy? The the one that, yeah. like, it got to the end of the hour, and it was like, we have to go. That's the end of our time, but we'll see you next time. And it's just like, okay, thanks, Regis. Yep. <laughs> um, how, yeah. how did you do on Millionaire? I won $1,000. So my $2,000 question was kind of a curveball. Okay. And it was such a curveball that they had to stop and research it for 45 minutes. The um, stuff you didn't the, see on TV. Right. There's all sorts of stuff that my my first episode was kind of historic and my second episode was differently historic. So the first episode, we the contestant that was on before took 52 minutes to answer the last question. Back then, there was no time limit on how long you had to answer the questions and he made sure that he uh, abused that. Um, so wow. 52 minutes, 52, 52 minutes. minutes. 
with Regis needling him, saying, you know, I'd have a lot more respect for you if you just walked away, uh, which you <laughs> didn't see on TV either. What you did see on TV is that when he blew that question, the whole place cheered, just erupted, and yeah! Wow. It, it, it was wild. Wow. But, um, yeah, my, that, my, 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 yeah, go on. No, that that's just amazing. Like, you pissed off the the studio audience so bad they were happy you lost. Yep, <laughs> he did too. He really did. He was kind of arrogant. But the um, my question was, um, in which part of a magazine would you normally look to find the names of the staff members? The four choices were back cover, centerfold, masthead, or table of contents. And I reasoned through this because you know it wasn't the centerfold because you put something else in the centerfold. Right. No. Yeah. Um, then... I'm, yeah, not, exactly. I'm not. I'm not looking for who who's involved in the magazine when I'm when I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah just 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 one thing. Um, the back cover. Your it's the back cover. Right. And the masthead is where the title goes. Right. So it must be the table of contents. Final answer. Then I hear a, a producer scream, "Stop tape!" Quiet on the set. And two producers rush to the podium. And I'm hearing the executive producer and the lawyer argue over my answer. They were looking for masthead. So the produce, the executive producer started calling magazines. And they weren't <laughs> giving him a and they didn't give him consistent answers. Some of them were saying back covers, some of them were saying table of contents, some of them were saying masthead. <coughs> so the executive producer and the lawyer were just screaming at each other, nasty, screaming at each other. Um, over the headsets, and I could hear it. It was so loud. And so I'm sitting there knowing exactly how this is going to go because the lawyer is winning the argument. And I'm just going... <laughs> so, when you see, so when you see Regis go, I'm sorry, Tony, the answer is C, Masthead. I'm just... <laughs> so, so I get to the edge of the stage, and I'm greeted by that executive producer who was really apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. I fought for you. I tried to get them to kick the question. It's okay, Michael. Really nice, really nice guy. Almost everyone I dealt with on that show was wonderful. That attorney was not so wonderful, and Regis was kind of an asshole. Well, I mean, he's sitting here just dropping f bombs like he's in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, he he was. <laughs> now I want to see Regis Philbin in a Quentin Tarantino movie more than anything else. I want to see. I want to see that before I want to see freedom in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember the episode of How I Met Your Mother that he was on, where they were looking for that perfect cheeseburger, and he was right, kind the of per, playing the a best jerk. burger in New York. Yeah, yeah, and he was playing a jerk in that. And I and I'm and I watched that episode and said that that's the Regis I know. <laughs> that's the Regis I met. You gotta tell me uh, where is it? I've been searching for years. Uh, <laughs> I love Regis. Um, so let's go in. Let's go into. You know, you are currently at the uh, Libertarian National Convention in Sparks, Nevada, and you yep, are yep. kind of uh, in my background there. Yeah, so it, it looks like it's a looks like it's a pretty nice hotel, actually. Um, it's nugget. Yeah, it is pretty nice. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. Get out. <laughs> um, um, no, no, no. Wait, no, no. Come back. Come back. No. He's not allowed on. He's not allowed on the internet. Um, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Um, so, 
you're there and you're currently running for chair of the Libertarian Party. Um, yes. Why? <laughs> why would you want that job? Um, you know, I get, I get asked that question all the time. What, do you hate yourself? Or do you <laughs> have a masochist? Right. So I'm seeing... A, so the reason I got in this race because I had been seeing it, and I've been seeing this for a few years. This isn't anything new. But the dominant conversation in the party has been factional warfare. And this is something I dealt with in New York when I was New York chair. And I actually solved it. I got us working together. I didn't get us agreeing on everything, but we turned the factional warfare less into a cult of personality and more into what um, what the issues were. And we still disagree on things, but we don't attack each other like um, we're bad people and we want to expel from the party. And I felt like we needed some of that leadership from somebody in the national stage which is why I stepped up and decided to run. There are some other things that I'm sure we're going to talk about um, issue-wise that I, I think the National Party yeah. should be doing better, and, I, and, I, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting some of those in place, too, as a, as national chair. Yeah. Um, so I've always looked at the, I've always looked at the um, national chair as a thankless job. There has not been a single national chair that I have been around for that wasn't despised by everybody. Sure. Um, granted, most of those were by a guy I despise. Um, but <laughs> the one the one before him, uh, I didn't like him for West Benedict. When West Benedict was chair, he came down. We were doing a special right. election. We were doing a special election. He came down to uh, Pinellas County and he did a radio interview and he said, Libertarian Party isn't here to win elections. We're just here to spread the message while we were in the middle of campaigning in a special election in that in that district. Yeah. And I was just like and I've talked like I've met Wes since then and he's he's a really nice guy. But uh when he did that I was very upset with him. Um but it's 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 such a thankless job that I've always kind of wondered why somebody would be willing to, you know, say, Okay, I know that of the number of libertarians that are registered and uh, especially of the ones that aren't registered, I'm going to get a lot of crap uh, and people are going to judge me on everything that I do and everything that I say. Uh, and I, because you and I have interacted online, I, you know, I, I respect you and I like you and I consider you a friend. So sure. I'm like, okay, well, oh. I, <laughs> I do. I consider you a friend. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and it, but it it's always made me wonder why somebody would want to put themselves through that. It's like, I'm not going to go hang out with all of my ex-girlfriends to hear them tell me how terrible I am. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, um, uh, I get along with a lot of libertarians. So I'm coming into this not being despised by every libertarian. Whereas I, I feel like the last couple of chair races have been so acrimonious that it's it's been hard for them to get started on their job. Whereas I've been talking to those people on those fringes, even the ones who have decided that I'm not their guy. Right. I, I still keep, keep keep the conversation going. And so when I am chair, because you know, I'm gonna win this, I'm gonna still be able to work with them and I'm still going to be able to have that relationship where I can work with them and the other thing that I do 
and like I said, one of the things that Jason said I did well was uh, showed my humanity and and showed my willingness to admit when I've made a mistake, which yeah. is something that's hard to do when you're in a leadership position, especially when you're working under a strong chair model, which isn't really a model that I think works for the LP so well. Right. And that's one of the things I've always noticed about you and respected about you is when when you make your posts and you're joking around, I find you to be just absolutely hilarious. But also at the, <laughs> at the same time, when you're having conversations with people in the you know multitude of groups, uh, you've always been you've always been very kind and uh, you know apathetic to what it is they're saying. Like you you you're willing to listen, and that is the biggest key factor I think uh, is that you're willing to listen to other opinions that aren't your own, and you are not so steadfast in what you believe that you can't be swayed if you realize what you are saying is. Uh, what you're saying is wrong. Like you- I, I think any, I think any leader needs to have that quality though. I think if you're a good leader, you're t- talking a whole lot less than you're listening. And that's just, that's always been my leadership style, my leadership style at the state level, at the county level and professional. You listen more than you talk. It's just how it has to be or how it should be anyway. So just uh, just so you know, uh, both the Lunatic Libertarian and Liberty Shamrocker are both saying they are backing Tony for LNC chair uh, in the chat right now. So oh. you have at least two right here. Um, well, they're, they're both they're both wonderful. I did Lunatic show and, and, and that was a, a lot of fun. You know, Sham, Shamrocker and, and I, we go way back. So yeah, no, she's great. Uh, she's great. And the Lunatic. Uh, he's a muddied water subscriber and uh, he's, he's in our chats and stuff and he's, he's, he is a good dude. Um, yeah. So what are you, the top changes you want to see when you become chair? Like what, what are the uh, big issues that you're trying to face? Well, I, I want to see us simplify the messaging. I don't necessarily see overhauling the messaging, which is improving, um, being such a great thing, but but making it simpler. Going going back to our platform and our principles, talking, speaking to those on a simple level and on a broad level, a bold boldly, not going milk toast on them, but speaking to them boldly and also without going too far. Um, as, as I put it earlier, um, it's having a liberty message that it, that is neither uh, or. Uh. <laughs> um, so so the. Um, so, so something that the American public can understand and grow our membership. One of the, my firmest beliefs is that messaging really shouldn't come so much from the National Party, at least not specific messaging. There are obviously exceptions to that. We should have been far um, better out front of the mandates. We got there, but we never got there as boldly as we should have. We didn't get there right. early enough. We should very much be boldly anti-war because that's definitely a federal issue. Yes. But let's come back to them talking about the mandates. And end all mandates means different things to different states. Right. Ending all mandates in New York and ending all mandates in Florida are two entirely different things. <laughs> um, yes, they are, because we didn't have many. No, you didn't. And frankly, businesses weren't, weren't even allowed to, to discriminate on that, on, the, on that. They weren't allowed to have the freedom of association. No. 
and the, and LP Florida, you know, it, it, it was a very important issue to be in front of the mandates and don't have mandates and very very important. And we have to remember that's a mandate. Um, Florida didn't have many mandates, but they had that. Uh, where and in New York, I think it's pretty well known that um, we we were the most masked state in the country. Wear three masks to to go shopping. So you, you were can go you guys were more food aisle with two. You guys were more masked than California. Yeah, I, I, okay. I wasn't one hundred percent sure because I mean, it just—I just figured that was a coin flip. Yeah, I, I think California was pretty well masked too. There were similar restrictions on um, outdoor dining. Right. Um, New York City was even worse. I—I uh, I had people who I know people, friends of mine, who lost their jobs because they refused to get the vaccine for one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, they, they. Oh, oh, you, you, you're not vaccinated. I'm sorry, you can't work here. Yeah, I've, I've known people that that ha- I actually know people that happened to here in Florida uh, before they before they passed the law in Florida saying that you couldn't do that. Um, right. And I man, I, when when Florida was passing the law saying that as a private business, you couldn't ask for uh, vaccine IDs, vaccine passports. I was of such mixed feelings about it because as the libertarian that I am, I was like. It's a private business. They can say who comes into their restaurant and who can't, or comes into their business and who can't come into their business. Uh, but also as a libertarian, it's like, nobody has a right to see my medical information. So like I was yeah. of two completely different minds of it that we were like battling on which one it was. And I, if you want to judge somebody on, on the color, like the way I saw it was, if you want to judge somebody on the color of their skin or the religion that they do or whatever, I don't care. I want to know because that way I know I'm not going to give you any business. If you want to judge somebody on their medical stuff, I also want to know because I don't want to give you any business. So I started toward the end falling. They should be allowed to discriminate based on this and Florida shouldn't tell them not to. Um, But at the same time, I was glad I didn't have to not go to any businesses. (laughs) Well, that, that, that is kind of nice. Well, uh, you know, in both of those are libertarian positions. And this right. is one of the uh, crazy things about our party is that there are people who are on opposite sides of the aisle if you're talking about a duopoly relationship. There are certainly people who say, there, there are people on the right who would say, oh, Florida did it right. And there are people on the left who said, oh, New York did it right. When in fact, neither one of them did from a libertarian standpoint. And that's the beauty of the liber- libertarianism in general is we are a big tent. And people from both sides of, of the aisle, we are a gigantic tent, and we should be. And um, people from both sides of the aisle can, can really get behind liberty as, as a cause. Uh, I know a lot of people in the modern movement it, that have come in the last 10 years came out of the Ron Paul yeah. um, uh, movement, which, is, which was a decidedly right movement. I came into libertarianism from the Harry Brown movement, which was far more left uh, movement. So... We do we do go through waves in the uh, in the in the liberty movement, but we're all libertarians, and uh, that's one of the beautiful things. Yeah, I kind of lucked out because I didn't come in because of a politician. Uh, I came in because of a friend, and he and I would sit there. Uh, I was living in Tennessee, and I was re- I was Republican light. I guess is I just was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a Republican. I don't know. And he and I would sit down and uh, have conversations. We started having conversations because we were both Red Sox fans. And then we started talking about politics and we agreed on a lot of stuff. And I was like, so does that mean you're uh, 
Republican too, which I thought was weird for Nashville. I just assumed everybody there was a Democrat. Right. And he goes, no, I'm a libertarian. And I was like, oh, that's that thing that I tested once. And they said that I was a libertarian and I thought it meant I was on the spectrum. And my dad said, that just means you like to smoke pot. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I started looking more into it and I realized that, yeah, this is what I am. I believe in just freedom for everybody. Um, but the guy's name is Brett Corrier. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, he yeah. is the reason I became a libertarian. And he's also one of the reasons that this show exists. At the end of the day, I, I didn't come in. My way in was, was similar. Sure. I, the, first, the first libertarian I had ever heard of, frankly, was Howard Stern in 1994. But um, and he's definitely not a little. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 was a while ago. Yeah, it was. But that was his in, DC in one hundred and one days. Yep, it sure was. But no, he was in New York at that point. Was he in New York at that point? He was in New York at that point. Uh, so, uh, so in in ninety six, I was I was candidate shopping because I didn't like Perot, I didn't like Clinton, and I really didn't like Dole. And I was a Democrat. So I started looking around. I found Harry Brown, who was kind of intrigued by some of the things he was saying. Also scared the hell out of me how much he wanted to abolish. I, I kind of understand a lot more now. But right. at the time, it scared the hell out of me. So I decided to give the Libertarian Party of New York a call. You know, I thought I'd get a voicemail and, oh, they'll send me some literature and, and sign me up for a mailing list. And I got a woman on the phone. The, the vice chair of the party at the time, her name was uh, Dottie Lou Brokaw. Okay. And a lot, if, if you've got some old time libertarians from New York who are watching the show, they're going, wow, he knows Daddy Lou Barocca? I haven't heard that name in a, in a decade. Um, she, she passed away in uh, 2003, unfortunately. Um, she, had, she had cancer, but she was, she was a candidate for governor a couple times. She was uh, multiple times state vice chair. And we talked for a half hour about libertarianism and how, how liberty really applies to everyday life. And and how a, a and a more and not only the uh, strict anarchist approach, but also a more pragmatic approach to it. And that's what sold me is the fact that a libertarian took the time to answer the phone and talk to uh, some kid who had some questions about their right. ideology. And that and that's what that's where messaging becomes such a huge part of trying to recruit people into the Libertarian Party because I believe I believe uh, that there are just tons of libertarians out there who don't know they're libertarians and they're relying solely on social media messaging and wh whether you're seeing it from the fringe on the right or the left of the libertarian party or from the libertarian party in general i sometimes think the message is lacking um that is one of the, that is one of the things that i have definitely uh noticed uh what how would you fix the messaging of the libertarian party like what what, what would you do to change that well, well, the first thing I would do is I would, I would, I would keep it simple. Uh, okay. Simple messaging just works best, especially from the National Party where it needs to stay broad. The second thing I would do is I would, um, I and it's not just the chair doesn't do all this uh, because there's got to be a team and I'm only one person. So there is somebody who's a communications director. Uh, right. And I, our current one is actually pretty good, but she is only as good as the tools that she has and, and the direction that she's given. And, and I would be giving... A slightly different direction than, than the current than the current chair, which is fine. But then I'd I'd want to work with the state parties and more and even more so with candidates, because candidates and state parties are the ones who are actually out doing most of the outreach, and the ones who can speak to the local issue. We have a um, 
in New York, we have a congressional candidate, Jonathan Howe, who is running in a AOC's district in Queens. I live in Rochester, New York. I, even I can't speak to what's going on in Queens. I can speak some. I, I clearly, as a state leadership, I have to know what's going on around the state. But at the same time, Jonathan is speaking more directly and more realistically as to what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis in Queens. He can see, he knows um, how that bodega in the corner is affected. He knows how a libertarian a libertarian solution to the MTA. He these are the types of things that he can speak to. And of course, he's speaking on a federal level, so the MTA really wouldn't apply to him. But that that type of thing. Larry Sharp um, is our governor, a gubernatorial candidate. Right. And more people are getting coming to the party because of things that he is saying and how he is speaking to voters than anything the National Party is saying. But likewise, uh, Dave Jones in Tennessee. I, I, I don't know what's going on in Tennessee, but he, as state chair of the Tennessee Party, sure does. And right. as, a, as a congressional candidate, he sure, he really does. So he can speak to, um, he can speak to um, what's going on there. And that's where I think the real, me the real messaging needs to come. And having a simple messaging, message to work with from National and some encouragement from national, maybe even some tools and some training from national to, to help that come along is going to go a long way towards making a, a party that, that has a good message that gets out there and attracts the new libertarians and brings back the old ones, frankly. Yeah, that's so that is honestly because the Libertarian Party is a bottom up organization. Uh, yep. It, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be the locality, your, your counties, your counties affiliates to your state affiliates to your uh, national affiliates. And so many people focus on the national when you need to be focusing. I should be focusing on Pinellas County and maybe Hillsborough County because I work in Hillsborough and I work, live in Pinellas. Um, you know, like I should be focusing on those two and not, you know, what's happening in all of Florida or what's happening in national. And the way that I've always kind of seen it for the Libertarian Party anyway uh, is that national should do training on messaging and uh, training for uh, candidates. So they know how to go out there, be prepared for these kind of questions, that sort of thing. Uh, and I don't think that sh they should be getting involved in all of the little issues that some of the states are having. Um, that's just been my opinion on what national should be, but it seems like over the over the years, National has started taking on a bigger and bigger role so much so that they um, so much so that a lot of people have put as much faith in whoever is chair, no offense to you, uh, whoever is chair uh, as Republicans and Democrats put into whoever gets elected president. And it's that's not who you should be focusing on. You should focus on who's chair of your county affiliate and who's chair of, uh, you know, to a lesser degree of your state affiliate is my personal opinion. Sure. Yeah, it's mine too. And I, I um, you know, uh, there are a couple presidential candidates from our past who said, said that they were running for the office to leave you alone. And yeah. I kind of see that. I don't necessarily share the same way as the LNC chair, but moving it less from a leading from the front, but also hand, hand on the shoulder leadership. We're we're here to help, not not to make it more difficult for you to message. We're here to help, not tell you what to do. And we should be a support organization, so those state and local parties can run candidates who can uh, knock it out of the park. Right. 
Exactly. Now, on your website, one of your platforms is called the Build Risk Mitigation and Business Continuity. Yes. Yes. The, the sexiest part of my platform. <laughs> Can you explain yeah. to everybody? Can you explain to everybody what that is? So, it, so we, we're we're a party that is a prof- that are acting like a professional party. We're trying to anyway. But a lot of the tools and a lot of the procedures we have in place are really more grassroots. Uh, our, our HQ staff doesn't have an HR department. Uh, we don't have data protection. Uh, in, we don't have any data protection safeguards in place. So we have lost data. We're getting better at that. But stuff like that, where we actually... What happens? What happens if the CRM just dies and and we don't have a backup of the data? How do we continue on with the organization? What happens if we don't have email? How do we continue on with the organization? What happens if the building in Washington D.C. catches on fire? How do we continue as an organization? And it's something that, as essentially CEO of the party, we need to be looking at risk. I, the chair should be looking at risk like this the more pragmatic and practical side of running an organization like this. And we have it. We we've we have had cases where we've lost emails. We have had cases where we have lost data or data is incorrect. We have had cases where HR really probably could have helped us out a little bit on a national level. And and, and there are ways ways around it that don't involve us hiring an HR director, but but stuff like that um, puts us at long-term risk as a party. And we are small. We are the third largest political party, but it's like Walmart and Target. I'm competing with a lemonade stand. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. As, so I work in HR, which not a lot of people oh, know because okay. I don't really advertise oh. that I work in HR. And uh, it's a soul-sucking experience and I hate it. Uh, like I love my job because I just make – stuff on the computer for other people to look at but like mm-hmm. when i hear about you can't say this and you can't do this and when somebody comes to you to talk about this you can't tell them to suck it up um apparently that's not hr friendly i don't know um, um. <laughs> weird rub some dirt on it walk it off you'll be fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, put some windex on it right put some windex on it you'll be fine just get back out there um yeah i i could not imagine the hellscape that HR for Libertarian Party would be. <laughs> oh, it would be tough, but it would be at so the same hard. time. I, I think we're lucky we haven't gotten sued more. In, in all honesty, because the, there is so much acrimony, and a lot of that acrimony is is, le, is leveled at um at uh, H, at the HQ staff, which who who are really hard work, top to bottom. Everybody there works hard. Whether or not I think they're doing a good job. I think for the most part they are, but but they're definitely working hard for party for the party and like the chair, aren't getting a whole lot of thanks for it. Right. I um, happen to my my background happens to be IT, so uh, HR and IT have a lot of um, a lot of friendships in in the business world. We have to work together an awful lot. Privacy is huge to huge. us, to both of us, because we because it has to be. And boy, do we throw the best party. Um, <laughs> Because we have to drink to, at the end of the day to, to, to forget some of that stuff. But I think, um, that, I think that's why it's so hard for me to be in HR is I quit drinking. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that's probably it right there. Um, 
No, but yeah, I, that was, you know, I um, yeah, I've had a great relationship with HR departments at every job I've had because we have we have to have such a close relationship in order to do it to do because our, both yeah. our jobs effectively. Because pri yeah, privacy is tantamount in both of those departments. Um, sure is. So. Obviously, we kind of covered this a little bit uh, at the beginning, but there, it's no secret that there's like a massive caucus division in the LP. And like, you know, like we said, you know, most of us, the fringe, like it's going to be the minority on either side that are the loudest. And then a lot of people in the middle who are kind of choosing sides based on what's being said on the outsides. Um, right. What do you think would be your role in this in these disputes? Um. So I have I've made sure that as part of my campaign, I've reached out to both sides. And both sides have, of course, demanded that I drop out of the race and support their candidate, uh, which, of course, I've said, no, I'm not going to do that. But here's what I will do. And what I found a lot of the times is that they feel that, that if the other side gets in, their voice is going to be completely squashed. That's not going to happen if I'm chair. We're not going to squash voices. We're not going to be the party of gatekeeping. We're going to be a party that welcomes anybody with a libertarian viewpoint, even if it's right or left libertarian, because they're both valuable to, to our party. I see myself as a mediative and a conciliatory presence, maybe. Right. Uh, that, that I think that's going to be the thing I'm going to bring most value to the party is that I'm going to be doing this, and I'm not going to be doing this in back rooms. I'm going to be doing this in the open. And I've already been doing this in the open. If you've ever interacted with me on social media or in a political party or at work, uh, then you know that I am. I walk the walk, that I really do work with both sides. I really do this all out in the open. Yeah, absolutely. Very true. Because, again, like I've said, like anything I've ever seen from you on social media – you are willing to listen, you'll hear both sides, and then you'll make up your mind. And it, it's it's refreshing to see, honestly. Um, do you think that there's a point where like, there should ever be intervention from the chair in some of these fights? Or should there just be kind of more of a mediator? Like, should there ever be a, no, you, get, you need to stop? It, it never should come to, it shouldn't come to a, that should never be our first line of defense. Okay. Not as chair. Uh, I would. I will always choose diplomacy first. There are cases where, and I'll give an example where I where I think the, the chair should step in and be a little bit more strong on this and have a message where, where where they say no, that's not something you should do. If if a state, for example, starts coming out with decidedly non-libertarian messaging, like uh, I don't know, um, black people should um, should pay reparations. Um, that's a decidedly non-libertarian message. And the chair should not be afraid to say, no, that's a decidedly non-libertarian message. But even in that case, I would have a private conversation with, with, the, um, with their communications director first, let them defend themselves on that one, because, boy, I'd love to hear the defense on that one. But, right. but, but, but still be pretty firm uh, on the fact that that's not a libertarian message. And it's, it's really not helping our brand. In cases where we need to defend our brand, um, we re diplomacy really shouldn't be um, an option. And there are some cases, some really extreme cases, um, such as fraud, um, 
theft of funds from the party, theft of funds or assets from the party, or threats of violence um, that you can't really screw around on. You need to come hard out hard on that and say, you know what, that's not something we can accept. And that goes that actually comes back to my risk mitigation plan. So one of the, like one of the things that. I try not, I try to stay out of LNC business because I am not a member of the Libertarian Party, or at least I don't think I am. Um, I might be, right. I'm not 100 sure. Uh, but one of the things that I saw most of is there were different factions, which I'm not. You know, we all know who they are. Uh, we know who they are. We know who they are. We don't need to say. But in some of the states, things were happening where like entire state affiliates were being disbanded and then restarted. Like, would that be a time for the for the national chair to step in. Well, there there comes a point where the where the national party has to decide who is the legal affiliate. But that's not just the chair; that's the entire LNC that needs right. to decide that. Uh, in each of the cases where a new affiliate was formed, um, one I see errors in how it was handled by national in, in every one of them, uh, and two. I think we would. I think a lot of those problems, maybe not all of them, but a lot of those problems would have been solved by diplomacy and by actually having conversations, which is something that some libertarians have forgotten how to do. Um, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it. I'll give an example there. Um, what happened in Massachusetts? Because now there are two Massachusetts parties that are fighting with each other over right. which one is the. Is that the was right one of the states I, I was honest. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, I can see people. I can see errors on both sides. And of course, if you're on one side or the other, no, we did everything perfectly. It's the other side that did everything wrong. Well, no. And we have, we we have, right now. There's a, the national chair has taken a stance on that one. The LNC and the credential committees have taken a stance on that one, and I have a feeling that there's going to be a floor fight on that one tomorrow. Um, that that I'm not looking forward to, but. At the end of the day, the state affiliates, the, st- the state affiliates recognized by the LNC need to be have the autonomy to run their own affairs. But at the same time, I'm not going to be promoting a, uh, a culture of gatekeeping. Um, there are other cases where um, the faction that broke that broke off or were thrown out of the party and started a new party did so rightly um, because they should never have been thrown out of the party in the first place. Uh, and there are cases where, um, and I can think of at least two cases where the parties that are in place may not be a faction that some people agree with, but they used the rules that were in place and showed up. Right. And yeah, and Pennsylvania is the one that, that jumps to mind. The right. rules of the, of the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party stated that they they didn't break any of those rules, and, and and they showed up. Now there are some questions about whether they broke their state laws or not. I haven't even looked into that yet. But, um, you know, right. so each each one of those is different. Right. Yeah. Each one of those is different. Um, and like again, there have been multiple. There have been multiple over the last year that you have seen this happening, um, and I felt that. While there was a breakdown at the state level, there was also it was either national need to get involved or not get involved, and they had to get involved at some point to say which one was the legal, the, the rightful 
the le the, the legal affiliate um and it never seemed like any of them were actually it it didn't seem like that was being done in a way that was so in proper, every case in i guess last, is the best way to every, put that in every case in the last two years where the chair got involved directly um in in resolving those disputes it went badly yes um, yeah that's and, that's uh, the, the chair made it worse um frankly um and i'm looking at the new hampshire situation yeah. um it jumps right right out to me on that it was uh joe bishop henchman I, whether or not he should have resigned over it we, we you can debate some accounts some of them i don't know that he should have but but what he did to uh help a, a faction um in the party that w was not happy with what was going on in the state, just what it wasn't the right way to do it. And it made things worse and it, and it raised the acrimony. I, I want to end that acrimony. I want to uh, have a party where we can work together with both sides. And it's really, it was, New Hampshire was especially hard for me because so when that, the day that whole thing went down where, where their state chair um, basically took her ball and, and formed a new committee. Right. Um, I had friends on both sides of that. Friends on one side who were very much, we did the right thing here. This is the only way we can survive. And friends on the other side who, who said, why did they take my party away from me? Right. Yeah. When yeah and the, so the, the day that that happened, um, the day that that happened, I was at the Florida Libertarian Convention. Um, and I was not a member. So I couldn't vote on anything because I wasn't a member of the party. Um, but uh <laughs> But uh, I was here with uh, Spike Cohen was in town. I don't know if you've met him. He's this guy I know. Um, <laughs> next time, next time we're together, you should introduce me. Okay, sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I was here with him, and uh, like I was on my phone, and I looked at it, and I showed it to him, and he just looked. He looked at it, and he stood up, and he goes, "I'll be back," and he just walked away. You <laughs> know, well, I'm just gonna keep scrolling because. This doesn't affect me the slightest um, yeah. because I report the news. Uh, so currently, as we like, as we said, obviously you're in the hotel there in Sparks, Nevada. I am. Uh, you, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong. I'm assuming you are at the booth that you have. I am. Okay. Well, like good. To, would you like to see it? Absolutely. Like see it? I would like to see it. Come on. Come on, let's go for a walk. Let's take a look at the Tony Grazio's booth at the... LNC convention in beautiful Sparks, Nevada. So, so yeah, just 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 want to just want to stump for a, my friends that not that them defy the power who are who are absolutely wonderful and make those beautiful those beautiful mugs. I, yeah, me. yeah. I, I have one right here. I have oh, a defy I have a defy the power tumbler yeah. custom Stay made. My friend too, huh? Hey, hey Susan, how are you? My Defy the Power Tumblr. Remember, all customizations are free, people. Defythepower.com. So, yeah, let's come on. Come on. It looks like there's been like this. Looks like there's a good turnout there so far, and it's it's still relatively early. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it is. I am terrible with the camera, aren't I? There we go. <laughs> there is Tony Durazio's team right there. There, there, there they are. Like, crack a jack team. You can see my ugly mug at the edge of the booth there. 
You you are a so fetching man. Want... Let's not say that it's an ugly mug. You are a fetching man. Let's let's not lie to ourselves. I, I, I mean, yes. I apologize. Oh no! Please, please don't apologize. That's why we're here. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's my booth. So uh, how is like? I'm assuming that you've been talking to the people who are there who are going to be voting. Yes. Um, how, yeah, I have. What's the experience been like? Like, have they been receptive to what you've been saying? Extremely. Um, it's, you know, everybody wants to see the cooperation. There, there are a few people who have already decided on another candidate. But even then, they're saying, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to vote for this person, but you've given me something to think about. Or I'm probably going to vote for this person, but I really like you. And if they get knocked out, I'm voting for you, which I still love hearing. And, and I'm hearing that from both sides, which is great. No, that and that's, you know, for a lot of the cases, people have their mind made up and they know who it is that they're sure. gonna, like, and that's where like that kind of ranked choice voting comes into play. And like you, you being everybody's second option could work out that not saying you are, I'm you, you're a number of people's first yeah. options, but you know what I mean? I'm stumbling over that yeah, one terribly. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. That's actually happened. We, um, there was a time several years ago where there was somebody who came in fifth place on the first ballot that ended up winning chair because they kept everybody being everybody's second choice. That, so that's everybody fair. that dropped out, everybody that dropped out ahead of them, all their votes were the one guy. So eventually right. he had enough to win. Um, uh, Eskimo Libertarian, who is supporting you, by the way, as she has said in the comments, she's uh, she's wonderful. She she is uh, my favorite member of the Muddied Waters team. I'm not going to lie. Um, she be, I don't I don't blame she you. She is she is more important than me in this organization. Um, she wants to know if you have the Argyle suit with you. I definitely I don't have the I don't have the jacket, but I definitely have the pants. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, so. The debate is tomorrow night at seven Pacific. Correct. Okay, so it'd be ten o'clock. Ten o'clock my my time. Ten o'clock Eastern. Yep. Right. Um. So ten o'clock Eastern is that going to be aired for everybody to see? Do you know, or is that just going to be for the people there? I think it's going to be on YouTube. It may be on C-SPAN three. I've heard rumors of that. Okay. Um. That's right. C-SPAN. C-SPAN. I've actually heard that before too. And it was always a lie when I heard it. Um, uh, but oh, yeah, we, oh, oh, what, one of my, one of my supporters wanted to come up and say, hi. Oh, just to you. Just to you. <laughs> well, it's good to see Chrissy. Um, yeah. um, so, and then the election is going to be on Saturday during the business meeting, which I don't know what time that is. Yeah. yeah it, so, so it starts at 9am ish. Okay. I figure it's going to be a couple hours to hear hear us bloviate about what we're going to do as chair, and then then the votes. Right. Okay. Um, so how are you? I want you to be as arrogant as possible on this question. How are you feeling? Okay. How are you feeling? On I'm this? feeling. I'm actually feeling really well, and I don't even have to be arrogant. Okay. To say that I I I think I have a really solid chance to win this. Um, I I think I have a lot of support. I think I have. Um, more support than some people suspect I do. Uh, everybody seems to think, I, I want to vote for you, but nobody else, I don't think there's enough other people voting for you. But you, you add that, you multiply that by 500 and I've got the chair. Right. So, 
and and, well, and I I think I think I I I've got a really good shot. Well, uh, I feel like I'm about to sneeze, and I'm trying not to because I know we're coming up on the end. Um, okay, uh, all right. So uh, obviously, we you know we wish you all the luck in the world, and uh, we. We will be watching intently to see how this turns out uh, on Saturday. Yep, Saturday, and uh, we may we uh, we may do a simulcast tomorrow night of of the chair debate on ours. Um, nice. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure yet. Uh, I'm gonna. I might have to talk with Jason, but uh, it it'll be a fun thing to do. Um, I agree. So uh, no. It, before I let you go, because I know that there's probably a ton of stuff. I know that everything's getting ready to really start getting kicked off based on the calendar stuff that keeps popping up. I'm bo- I'm booked for the evening for sure. Right. Um, is there anything that you want to pitch to everybody? Uh, right. Last minute pitch to anybody who happens to be in Sparks, Nevada, who does not have their mind made up. So if, if, if you, if you want to, um, if you don't have your mind made up, please come see our booth. We're right. Um, right across from the most important booth um, in the place. Um, we're across from the You Are the Power booth, by the way. Um, we are... Um, I, I've heard I of them. Am, Is that a good organization? They're, they're, they're all right. Okay. Um, I mean, so so ju- just, just, just to let you know, all day long, that's what I have staring at me. Is he 5'9 in that photo? Because if not, it's a lie. Well, I'm six six, so yeah, he's about. It's five close. Nine. Okay, all right. As long as he's as long as he's not lying to the people about his height. Um, <laughs> um, no, it, no, it's pretty close. So, um, please, but in all seriousness, come talk to me. I, I even if you are decided or leaning towards another candidate, come talk to me. If you don't feel like you want to come talk to me, come to Tony4Chair.com. That's Tony the number four Chair.com. Um, four is the number of uh, times I'm. I would be okay with you voting for me. Uh, hopefully we're done with that before then. Hopefully it doesn't go full around. Um, and um, if you can give me a buck or two to help me defray some of the costs of, uh, of running myself into bankruptcy for doing this, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, excellent. So yeah, everybody, TonyForChair.com. I have more contact info for you, but I, do you want me to share that? Yeah, you can share that. All of it's fine. Okay, the phone number also? Um, yes, the phone number is fine. Okay. Actually, right. that phone number is fine. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure, like I had it in here and I was like, I don't want to share that without his permission. I forgot to ask you before the show. No, um, no phone number is fine. Okay. So I'm including all of Tony's contact information in the uh, comment sections. So you guys can reach out to him. Uh, you can reach him at Tony at Tony for uh, and check him out on his website at tonyforchair.com. Tony, I wish you the best of luck this weekend. Uh, we will be watching intently. Um, and I hope that on I hope that on Saturday I can call you with a congratulations and uh, oh. let you know that uh, I'm happy that you won. Um, well, I, I hope so. I hope so, too. I look forward to that call. You know, it's always good to get a call from a Red Sox fan. Absolutely. Love them socks. They're, they're, they're yeah. turning it around already. And I'm like, yes, they, they, don't, they don't suck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. Uh, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach me out. I'll text you with my number. It sounds great. Thank you, Matt. We'll, we'll talk soon. I'm sure. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. 
that was absolutely fantastic. Tony is a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, and uh, I wish him all the luck in the world in this election. Um, I do not know if Jason has a show tomorrow. Uh, I forgot to ask him. I was talking to him all day long and I forgot to ask him that question. Uh, so we will find that out later. Uh, we will find that out tomorrow at two o'clock. He did have a very special episode today. If you saw it on Facebook, you, excuse me, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, uh, you already know. If you are a subscriber on Muddied Waters Media, uh, at anchor.fm slash muddied waters media you can already watch the video on spotify or anchor.fm uh, and if you are not a subscriber you can wait until i finish uploading the episode so you can listen to it um tune in well this weekend everybody's at the convention so i'm certain there's going to be a lot of stuff going on uh, and then tune in next tuesday where spike cohen and i will be parsing through the week's events like the sweet summer, is it summer yet? Not technically, like the sweet spring centaurs that we are. Uh, and it is going to be the last live show for Spike Cohen and I uh, that is a regular live show. Everyone after this is going to be a special that we do. Uh, so tune in for the very last scheduled live show. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to have some fun with this one, I think. Uh, I have Monday off for a holiday, so I'm going to put together something that's going to be really great and really fun for everybody. Um, so tune in then, and then join me back here next Thursday for a brand new episode of The Writer's Block. Before we go, your fun fact of the week that I forgot to look up beforehand, so I'm just going to a random page, and this one seems very, very, man, this is a really good page. Every citizen of Kentucky, every citizen of Kentucky is required to take a bath at least once a year. And Kentucky gave you Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, and they have these bath mandates in Kentucky. I think uh, we need to, in Savannah, uh, Savannah Maddox, I think we need to call Savannah Maddox and Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and ask why they live in a state that has these massive restrictive bath mandates forcing people to bath against their will once a year uh, but yeah kentucky you have to bathe once a year by law thank you all so much have a great weekend tune in tomorrow for mr america the bearded truth if there is one if not we're going to try to figure out a way to simulcast the uh chair debate um and um just have a fun weekend if you're not if you're not in sparks nevada don't really worry about what's going on in sparks nevada Go out and have fun. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's three-day weekend. Go out. Have fun. Do something that you normally wouldn't do. Don't just sit at home. Go out. Have a good time. Uh, and don't stress about whatever drama and craziness is happening out there. You made the wise choice and stayed home. Um, thank you all so very much for tuning in for this fantabulous episode of The Writer's Block. Uh, we will see you all next week. And remember, no matter if you are white, if you're black, if you're brown, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, if you're Hindu, if you're Buddhist, if you are skinny, if you're fat, if you're somewhere in between those two, if you're fit, if you're not fit, if you're vegan, if you're a carnivore, at the end of the day, it is night. I I am I am swinging from a seven-story window.
throwing parties in a 10 by 7 cell. It's astounding the legs I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am waving while I drive. Don't bother swimming out to save me. I will only drag you down. I'll try to use your body as a life raft. Cause if there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two. I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset. Sipping on savory water till my liver turns blue. Hey.